very grateful to be here today. Special gratitude to Parampuja Sri Srimad Bhimalananda Maharaji, who is a dear disciple of Parampuja Sri Swami Shivananda Ji Maharaj, and who my own Guru Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta Swami had very affectionate relationship with Bhimalandanda Swami Maharaj. In 1969, in San Francisco, Srila Prabhupada called San Francisco New Jagannath Puri because it is the first place in the Western world where the Ratayatra was celebrated. And in front of Lord Jagannath's chariot, Srila Prabhupada and Swami Bhimalananda Maharaj danced together. <laughs> in San Francisco. San Francisco. And also they had a, first time in the year 1969, they had chariot festival, three chariots. And even the conversation removed all the overhead the hanging wires so that the chariots could pass easily. So <laughs> then towards the end, we all went and danced with Prabhupada in the big hall. There was more than 5,000 people were there. They were all given prasad in a very beautiful way, disposable place. They were all given. It was a wonderful sight to see. When Srila Prabhupada was a little boy, just about eight years old, yes. he used to look at the timetables of the Indian Railway schedule to see what times the trains to Jagannath Puri would be from Calcutta, where he lived. And when he was a little boy, he got a little um, wagon and made a chariot for Jagannath and would have ratayatras through the streets of Calcutta and dance and chant and give prasad. And then later he took that festival to the whole world. We're very grateful for your hospitality, for welcoming us in this holy place. Swamiji has asked me to speak something about bhakti and harinam. In the Srimad Bhagavat, this important verse, Kalera dosanide rajan asti heka mahanguna, kirtanat eva krishnasya mukta sangha param prajit. That this Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults. People have such bad habits. What is religion is taken to be irreligion, and what is irreligion is taken to be religion. But there is one benediction, that in this age of Kali, by simply chanting and kirtan the name of Krishna, one can attain the perfection of liberation. Kali kare nama rupe Krishna vata. That Krishna has descended in this age of Kali in the divine name. 
And Krishna descended himself as Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to teach by his example in the role of a devotee of what are the values we should cultivate in our chanting of Krishna's names. There's a beautiful verse that Sri Chaitanya um, cited. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajya Kapunoy Saravanadi Sudhijiti Kodiya Yudhoy. That love for Krishna is within the heart of every living being. By associating with saintly people and by chanting Krishna's name, that love is awakened. Swami Bhimalanandaji Maharaj was talking about how real wealth is in that love. I will briefly share one beautiful lila that has always very much moved my heart. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established the Sankirtan movement in Navadweep. West Bengal. And he would have the devotees chanting Harinam. One day, he said, we are chanting in the day, but we are wasting the precious moments of human life by sleeping at night. We should continue the kirtan throughout the night also. And all of the devotees, they had so much faith in him. They were so inspired. They all said, Haribo. <laughs> and then Shigoranga taught them, this is the method by which you can chant constantly. It cannot be done by our own determination or our own tapasya. It is only possible by Bhagavan Sri Krishna's grace. And he said, and this is how to reach that grace. Trinada pisunichena, taror iba sehishnana. Amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahadi. One should chant in a state of mind and one should live one's life thinking oneself more humble than a blade of grass. One should feel oneself more tolerant and forgiving than a tree. One should offer all respect to others and not demand or respect or expect respect for oneself. If we live by these principles, we could chant God's names constantly. <clears throat> and then he said, take this verse and put it on the string of the holy name and wear it always. Nam nama kari pahonicha sarva shaktis tatrapita niyamita smarane nakala itadrishi tavakripa bhagavan mamapi duradaivam idrishami hajanirana. that the Supreme Lord 
has many names. And in each of these divine names, the Lord has invested all of his potencies, his grace. Namachintamani Krishna, Chaitanya Rasvigra, the name of the Lord, the Lord is present. And there are no hard and fast rules for chanting. So one day the Lord was having kirtan in the house of Srivas. And Sri Goranga, at that time, he was fulfilling the desires of all of his devotees. And he saw one simple brahmachari named Suklambar. This Suklambar was very unknown. He was a beggar in the eyes of most of the people. He had a little thatched hut where he lived on the bank of Mother Ganga. And every day, with a begging bowl, he would go out to at least eight houses to beg. And people would just give him a little. The only thing they would give him is very, very broken pieces of old rice. Because generally people don't give beggars the best they have. Usually people don't give beggars anything. But if they do give something, they give the cheapest thing they have. <clears throat> so he had a little cloth bag that he would go house to house and collect these broken pieces of rice. And the whole time he would be chanting the names of Lord Hari. He would be in the ecstasy of love for Lord Hari. But nobody knew. The common people just thought he was an ordinary beggar. He never advertised that he was a saintly person. He considered himself most ordinary. He was really Trinada Bhisunichina. He had that humility. Quietly, silently, he would beg. And it would take him many hours till he got enough rice <laughs> where he'd come back to his little thatched hut, still chanting Krishna's names. He would cook the rice and he would offer it to Krishna and then he would eat it. <clears throat> One day after he was begging, before he came home, he came to the kirtan at Srivasangam. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was sitting. And as everyone was chanting, Sri Suklambar, so simple, very poor materially, but such a rich heart, he danced. And he was dancing like a child with such spontaneous joy. And Lord Chaitanya then was sitting on the altar because he was in his mood of Krishna. And he saw Suklambar just to see the innocence, the humility and the joy in which Suklambar was dancing. He said, Suklambar, come here. Suklambar was dancing. And then Lord Chaitanya took his hand. He had very long arms. 
And he would took with his hand, he thrust it into the bag of Suklambar Brahmachari and took a handful of that broken pieces of raw chipped rice and ate it. Suklambar started to cry. He said, no, no, this is not fit to be eaten by you, my lord. And he, Sri Chaitanya again put his hand in the bag and took more and more and more and he ate the whole bag of rice. And Lord Chaitanya said, today because I am taking the rice from Suklambar's cloth bag, I am for the first time truly tasting love for Krishna. And then Lord Chaitanya said to Suklambar Brahmachari, he said, you do not remember, but I know. Birth after birth, you are my poverty-stricken beggar devotee. In my last, in your last birth, you were living very simple in poverty with your wife. Your name was Sudama. And your wife told you that please go to Krishna. He was your classmate at the ashram of Sandipani Muni, and now he's living in Dwarka, in beautiful palaces. And he has so much wealth, and you're so skinny, and you have all dirty, not dirty, but very old, torn clothes, and we're just living in a thatched hut. I can't tolerate seeing you in such poverty. Please go to Krishna and ask him for some help. Sudama would always say no. But just because he couldn't tolerate seeing his wife in poverty, he decided, all right, I will go. But I, Krishna's Bhagavan, I have to offer him something. And his wife looked around in the house, there was nothing to offer him. So she went out begging. And she got some chipped rice. <laughs> and she took an old piece of cloth and wrapped the chipped rice and gave it to Sudama and said, bring this to Krishna. So Sudama walked from Purbandor, which is also the birthplace of Mahatma Gandhi. And he walked all the way to Dwarka. And there, when he saw the magnificent gates of the Yadu kingdom, <clears throat> he was amazed. And there was guards. But as soon as they saw this little simple beggar person, Sudama Brahman, they let him pass through all the gates and he was escorted into Krishna's principal palace where he was sitting on a bed with Rukmini Devi. And the various assistants of the palace were watching and they were thinking, why is this? They were living in such opulence and here is this simple man in rags, so skinny. Why is, why is he being allowed in? And suddenly Krishna got off of his bed and he went running and he touched Sudama's feet. He embraced him with such affection 
Then he put Sudama on his seat. And Krishna himself washed Sudama's feet, honored him, worshipped him. Krishna's worshipping him. And then he brought him wonderful prasad. And meanwhile, Rukmini Devi, the supreme goddess of fortune, had a chamara, a fan, and she was humbly serving Sudama by fanning him. And after he was received with so much love by the Lord, they spoke. They spoke all night long. They were remembering the days when they were living with Sandipani Muni in um, Ujjain, in the ashram, when they were small. They spoke all night long. Wonderful stories are are shared in the Srimad Bhagavatam. In the morning, Krishna asked Sudama, Did you bring something for me? And seeing the jewels and the gold and the silver and the silks, and after eating such a wonderful meal that Krishna had prepared for him, Sudama was really thinking, how can I give Krishna that stale, broken, chipped rice that I'm holding in this little cloth? He said, no, my lord, I didn't bring anything. Krishna knows everything. He especially knows the heart of his devotee. So Krishna suddenly, he knew exactly where that little bag was. He grabbed it. And he took the chipped rice and ate a morsel. <clears throat> and he was about to eat it again. And Sudama was saying, no, 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 my Lord, this is not fit for you. He was about to eat more. And Rukmini said, that's enough. Now, the different acharyas give different explanations why she said this is enough. Because she knew just by that morsel, Sudama would have more wealth than injure the king of heaven. What to speak if he ate more? How much more wealth he would get? And another reason is because she saw how much Krishna was so much enjoying the love of his devotee in the form of that chipped rice, she wanted some. And she wanted to share it with all of her people, all of her maidservants and all of the other queens and all the other sisters. If Krishna enjoys the love of his devotee in the form of this chipped rice so much, I want to share it with everyone. This will please Krishna most. She said, you have already satisfied the 14 worlds by taking this one morsel. So after such a beautiful meeting, Sudama took leave and returned. As he was walking back to his home, in his mind he was just remembering all the beautiful pastimes and conversations he had just had with Lord Krishna. 
he was thinking that Krishna, <laughs> he's the supreme personality of God, and he's the husband of the goddess of fortune. <clears throat> and who am I? I'm just a very fallen, insignificant friend of a Brahmin. And yet with his own arms, he embraced me. He put me on his bed. He worshipped me. He was overwhelmed with gratitude and love. But he was thinking of his wife because she gave him that chipped rice and Krishna ate it. <laughs> but he was supposed to ask Krishna for some wealth. But he didn't ask. In his mind, how could I ask God for anything? In the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Prahlad Maharaj, when he was offered any benediction by Narahari, Narasingadev, he said, my beloved Lord, if I ask anything in return for my devotion to you, then I'm not a devotee. I'm not a bhakta. I'm just doing business with you. My love, my service, my life is only for your pleasure. I want nothing in return except to love and serve you and always remember you. So that was the mood of Sudama. But when he got to where his house was supposed to be, he happened to see there was a beautiful palace with gardens and lakes and swans and wonderful trees and beautiful celestial people walking all around. And he was thinking, where am I? He was really astonished. And then he saw this beautiful lady come out in elegant gowns. And she came before him and he looked at her. And then one of the ladies who was close by said, this is your wife. <laughs> and he, he recognized her then. <clears throat> and she just looked down and together they walked into their palace. And it is described that for the rest of his life with his wife, they live with the same simplicity, the same humility, the same spirit of service as they did when they were in the little hut. Because they understood everything's God's property. whether they were living in a thatched hut or whether they were living in a palace, they used everything in the service of Krishna. As the das, das, anudas, and were constantly serving everyone by inspiring enlightening. Their consciousness was the same. Whether one is living in a palace or under a tree, Neither one is a disqualification or a qualification. A kinchana gochara means nothing is mine. 
Sarvaloka Maheshwara. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he was reminding Suklambar Brahmachari, you are Sutama, and now you have come again. <clears throat> and it's my greatest satisfaction to steal your rice. And Vrindavan Das Thakur explains that according to the Shastras, Pantaratriki Vidhi, there are certain rules and regulations and rituals in order to make an offering to Bhagavan. There are yantras and mantras and tantras and pujas and mudras. But Sukhumbar and Sudama, they didn't do any mantras. They didn't even offer it. <laughs> but because of the simplicity and the humility of their devotion, even without an offering or an intention to offering, the Lord was so hungry that he stole it. And Vrindavan gopis, little Gopal would come and steal their butter. And they would just, for the opportunity to talk about these pastimes, they would go to Yashoda Mai's house to complain about Krishna. And they would say all the different things Krishna was doing to steal butter and makanchor. And Yashodamai said, then I will keep Krishna at home. And they said, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> the only reason we make our butter is with the hope that Krishna will come and steal it. The only reason we live is with the hope and prayer that Krishna will come and steal our butter. They were not offering it to Krishna. But because it was made with love and devotion for Krishna's pleasure, Krishna would come to taste it. These beautiful pastimes are there to teach the world Bhaktivatsal. That the Lord, by his own supreme power, willingly becomes subordinate to the love of his devotee. And that love is within all of us. It is dormant within our hearts. And when, through the practice of devotion, our hearts become soft and sweet like butter, then Krishna will steal our hearts. And that is the ultimate aspiration of bhakti yoga. <laughs> to offer our hearts to Krishna. And if he accepts it, that's the perfection of our lives. In this beautiful name of the Lord, Hari Kirtan, is a um, sublime way of awakening that love and softening our hearts. Thank you very much.